Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. This hour of the Mark Reardon Show is sponsored by Gamma Tree Experts. Your trees deserve the best care. Call Gamma Tree Experts. care about the national championship game tonight? Fred? Oh, I do. I'm yeah. going to watch. Yeah. I'm for TCU. I'm going to watch. Um, these things go on forever. That's the thing. You know, it starts. You know what the kickoff is? No, I don't. But it'll be after 11 o'clock tonight. Oh, I mean, Sue's, Sue's going to be pinned to the TV, glued <laughs> all the way through. I mean, nope. legit question, though. Will you even turn that thing on tonight? Nope. Okay. Uh-uh. Um, I'll tell you all about I'll it. Watch Thank it. you. Yeah. Well, you, if it starts at that late, I'm, you know, I'm in bed by 9. Well, that's true. You have you have the early morning. I watched the Chiefs on Saturday and all that football yesterday. We uh, reported as we started the show, DeMar Hamlin is out of the hospital in Cincinnati, so that's great news. He is heading home, and, I mean, there was barely any coverage of him throughout the weekend on the NFL. <laughs> so, God, I hope getting out here is going to give him some attention that he needs. Um, this says, wait, this says 630. That can't be right. Does it start at 630 Central, that football game? No way. Maybe it's pre Maybe. Well, that surprises me. I'll check that during Sue's News. Hey, speaking of Sue, you went out to Pet Supplies Plus out in Baldwin today and saw the crew. I did. I was so excited. Well, you were nice enough to give me a, a Christmas gift certificate out there, but I had to go to Baldwin, and I loved it. I got to see Simon, who says Washington, and he heard that you were making fun of him for saying Washington, <laughs> and he is plotting revenge. I did not get to see Jeannie, but he took a photo to prove that I was there. They are so wonderful at all Pet Supplies Plus. Yeah, I had to I had to force you to go to that location because that's where the sponsors are. And I've They're known, so you great. know, I've known John and Jeannie for more than ten years, maybe twelve years now. And Simon, uh, even though he says Washington, I've gotten to know him. <laughs> so they do great work there at Pet Supplies Plus. Well, they really do. So I'm glad that you so, had them in. So great. So thank you for that. I had a great time, and I got little va- Valentine's Day uh, treats for the puppies too. That's very girly, I guess, but they'll love them. They (laughs) They have all kinds of the baked goods, and they've got all kinds of great toys out there. And they've uh, got—this is why I go, is because they have the specific kind of dog food I feed for the— for the bulldogs, and you can't find that everywhere. Right, they have the they have a lot of specialty food. Uh, by the way, I guess the game time is six thirty. That's what? weird to me because yeah. usually it doesn't start to like seven thirty central. Who's playing TCU and who? TCU and Georgia. Okay, but it, it, that's so much better for people on the East Coast because I can't even imagine. Yeah. Like, if you're a kid who wants to watch a football game on you know a Sunday or on a Monday night, they don't. 
Right. They they go the college games in particular. They'll go four hours. So this thing tonight still probably will go to ten thirty or hours. after ten o'clock. Oh yeah, they got a long halftime oh, yeah. show. I'm out. They got to do the Demar Hamlin intro and then outro and all. Kind of, I'm just saying. So am I too <laughs> cynical on that front? I'm glad that the guy's okay. I just think that the uh, the this is what we do in this country really well. We overdo everything, and the NFL had to overdo everything, which is what we're good at. All right, I think it's time for this here this afternoon. If I can see the right button to press, that's always bad. All right, here we go. These allegations are deeply concerning. Does the president have any comment? We're not going to comment. It's not clear messaging. And now, Sue's News. Brought to you by Sue. Did you, by the way, anybody watch that Bills game with that, uh, the first punt returned? Yeah. I mean, it was incredible, was it not, Fred? It was it gave you chills. Yeah, I saw the highlight. I was not watching that game at the time, but yeah, that's pretty crazy, right? It was nuts. And somebody on our chat said, uh, la, 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 la. It was the first time they returned to the opening, they, that they returned the opening kickoff for a touchdown in three years and three months, says oh. Chuck. Makes you wonder. Hey, for a while there, though, the Bills, Bills were tied up in a game against New England yesterday. I mean, it was in, in the end, it didn't end up being that close, but it was not a, a gimme type of game. No, it was not. Nor was the Packers game last night by evidence of the fact that the Lions <laughs> beat the Packers. Do you know, the Packers were winning when I went to bed. It was a good game. Yeah, was I, was, I was surprised they had their I chances. Uh, on this day in history, 39 years ago, in 1984, this is our music, Van Halen released their sixth album. Hot for Teacher. This was album number six? Uh, I don't know. Yes, album number six, even though I just said that and then said I don't know. (laughs) That is correct. Oh, I'm just... Because we always hear Jump. We always hear Panama. So we went for Hot for Teacher. You know what else is on this album that I like is I'll Wait. But I love it. Keep going, Sue. This is pretty much my entire... uh, I just remember driving to... uh, Of course, I never had a car. Come on. But I would uh, ride with my friend Jennifer Quinn, and she would pick me up, and we would listen to a little Van Halen in the car, whatever was on the radio at the time. It makes me very happy. I can absolutely guarantee you that Van Halen 1, Van Halen 2, Women and Children First were in my you know first 30 records that I ever owned in my life. Uh, Right? Fred, did you like uh, Van Halen back in the day, or were you too old for it at that Not point? Not back in the day, but I, they've grown on me. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. And 16 years ago today, in 2007, Steve Jobs unveiled the iPhone. 16 years ago. It seems like forever and yesterday, all at the same time. It, in its first 10 years, Apple sold more than 1.2 billion iPhones worldwide. And that's from 2007 to 2017. So, of course, it's way more now. It it changed life, these no, phones No, it did. really did. In, in for the better and for the worse, right? There's a lot of things that it improved communication on, but it also, I would say, we can all agree that there have been some things about smartphones that, and, and just the ability to not get away and disconnect that probably aren't the best. It's I mean, made my job a whole lot easier booking Well, that's guests. a good point, actually, Fred. Yeah. But, I mean, it, you can't walk uh, into a restaurant without seeing couples staring at their phones, people staring at their phones. It is a thing. And I think it took a while for it to become that hardcore. But, Abby, do you remember a time with no iPhones? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, I remember, you know, when me and my friends were getting our first phones, some of 
of us weren't getting smartphones at all, and almost none of us were getting iPhones as our first phones. So. What do you have, like a flip phone? or I, like a- I actually got a smartphone as my first phone. I don't remember what it was called specifically, but it was actually kind of cool. It like it did flip, but it had two touch screens. So, Whoa. Yeah. It was kind of like the, the new phone that folds now. Except oh, yeah, the Galaxy Fold. Older and not as cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Cause I just wonder if if you're young enough, you don't even remember a time when we had. I remember in 1999, I got my first phone that was a flip. No, I guess it was just a candy bar. That's what they called it. And then eventually they flipped, and they didn't even take photos. And then when they did, they were terrible. Oh, you yeah, know what really I mean? Bad. They were horrible. Fred, what was your first iPhone? Do you remember the um, year ish? I don't. I think I was late to the game, though. I think. You know, I was a couple generations behind. Well, that's okay. You probably still are. You get the son's hand-me-downs. Yeah, I get the hand-me-downs. I think I have a X. I guess that's a 10, something like that right now. <laughs> so in the in the early 90s, I had, I don't think this was late 80s, but certainly early 90s when I was news director, I was speaking of that incarnation at KFRU, I had, like, and I thought it was so cool. I had this, um, no, this was definitely 90s because I had my Pontiac, I had a white Pontiac Grand Am. Oh, my 1992. gosh. That was my car, right? And on that car, what made me cooler is I had this cell phone um, That's right, antenna. That's antenna. Because if you had a cell phone back then, you had to put the antenna on. So I'm like, hey, I'm pretty cool. And this thing was a bag. I mean, literally, they called it a bag phone. Oh, it was yeah. ginormous. But I, I used it because I was reporting on news. Right. And it was also making me so cool at the time, right? Oh, my god. And then gosh. when I got a pager... Holy smokes. I had a pager and a big bad bag phone. How uber cool was that? Oh, right. Just the fact the, the term bag phone is so unappealing on all levels. Uh, I think I was married at the time, which is shocking. Right. Oh, my gosh. Maria Kina has a great story of carrying around a bag phone and trying to do a live report, and someone's trying to steal it from her because they were so rare and expensive back then. <laughs> we'll have to we'll bring her in one of these days to tell that story. Well, before we, we had that technology, if you're going to do a live report on on, you know, on site from somewhere, they had what we called the Marty unit. You know, you'd yeah, you'd go around, you'd see the little microwave deal, yes. right? But that was, you know, look, these phones changed. It, it's just stunning to me how much life has changed with the smartphones well, yes. in particular. Yes, it's kind of incredible. Uh, there is a story out today. I found this really interesting. A robot lawyer will argue its first court case next month to help someone fight a speeding ticket. The website DoNotPay.com has tools to help people fight parking tickets or get their bank to reverse, you know, overdraft charges. Now they say they've got an AI program that can listen in on court cases and come up with strategies in real time. Well, I believe it. You know, we had a great conversation on Friday night with my friend Vance Crow about artificial intelligence. He told us about this, you know, this deal out there now if you want them to to creatively write something for you, a paper or um, on any topic, the AI will go to work and write this better than most people will because people don't know how to write. So this does not surprise me that this is possible. Well, the trick is that uh, they're helping somebody fight a speeding ticket next month somewhere in the U.S., but they haven't said where because it's questionable as to whether or not that's even legal. So they have, most courtrooms do not allow electronic devices that connect to the interbelt, or to the interbelt, to the internet, so that people can't be saying, hey, I saw whatever, you know, so you will have no interference. But they picked one that allows Apple AirPods to be used as hearing aids. So they specifically found a courtroom that will allow this. Hmm. And the person fighting the ticket will have AirPods in while the I'm so, I know crowd like it. I know, yeah. while the robot lawyer listens in through their cell phone and tells them what to say. 
Now, the CEO of Do Not Pay says the judge will definitely not know what's going on. They're planning to use it in another speeding ticket case soon that's happening over Zoom. We need to ask Brad Young about that. That's Our a really good legal point. analyst on have him talk. Good about idea. It. That's like a really that. good idea. And apparently they can it, it, it will analyze so quickly. It should help the person. And this is such a low level case that they think it might work. Hmm. So I, I'm really interested to see. And they haven't even said when because they don't want anybody to go into the dockets and try to figure out when it's going to be. Oh, I forgot to mention this last week. So I thought I'd bring it up. The man behind the big college admission scam. Uh, was sentenced to three and a half years in prison last week. Rick Springer came up with, and he's the one who came up with and facilitated that bribery scam. Yeah, right. Um, Lori Laughlin, Felicity Huffman, they paid him big money. Uh, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars, but he only got three and a half years. Is that good, Mark? Too much? I, I don't know. For something like that, that's probably about right. It's the, almost the same amount of time that Lewis Reed and Jeffrey Boyd and the members of the Board of Aldermen got, right? Yeah, I think so, too. Fred, do you care? I, I think it's too little. Do you really? Yeah. Just because why? Because I think that had much bigger impact. Yeah, than, I think you're right, yeah. Fred. I mean, in, in the whole scheme of things, you're probably right that it is... You know, but and that that story didn't get as much attention last week because nope. of Kevin McCarthy and all the other things. Too. That's exactly right. And uh, a 77 year old man. Now, this is mm, near Philadelphia, somehow managed to flip his Toyota Camry inside a drive through car wash last week. Security cameras got it on video. Here's what he did. Come on. He was paying. I saw the video. I'll, I'll show it to you. He was paying at the machine outside. And what happens is. It looks like he must have hit the gas pedal instead of the brake and went flying into the car wash, hit some of the machinery on the right, and it tilted him onto the side. Oh, okay. So they had, it took a long time to, uh, get, the car he, to get the car out of there. It took him about 90 minutes to get him out. He, he had some leg. Yeah. I'm, I'm always really bad at getting on those right tracks. When you pull through I'm those. totally nervous. I about mean, that it, guy Fred. that's directing me is like, no, <laughs> no you know, this way. here's the thing: like, they, they change the names of these places, but I, I go to, I think it's called the Club Car Wash, right there at Fenton in 141. Yes, and at 141 and 44. I'm sorry, just up up from where Sugar Fire is, and. You, and I think this is not unique to this particular car wash, but the kids that are doing it, they're always waving you in, like, come on, come on. Yeah, yeah, like, like yeah. Wait, I'm going to run you yes. over. Yes. Okay, quit waving at me like I'm taking too much time. I'm going to run your ass over. I 100% agree with that. And then I'm like, I'm not straight. Will you let me get straight? <laughs> yes, God, it's right. a pressure exactly. situation. Man. Abby apparently is better at it than us. Are I, you good? I just don't normally go to the car washes where they have to, like, let you align. I'm like the one that just, you drive in and then the machine moves for you. Right. So. Uh, Oh, okay, yeah. well, maybe that's oh. harder. Those are, the other ones are too fancy for me, <laughs> i.e. they're too expensive. Well, all right, fair <laughs> enough. And finally in Sue's news, we have today's random fact. Now, I, I would save this for January 22nd, but uh, it's just too much for me to handle. I can't keep this on Sue's news for that long. The Chinese New Year is January 22nd, and it will be the year of the rabbit. And speaking of China, India is expected to surpass China in the world's most populous country this year. As of last year, China had an estimated 1.41 billion people. India, 1.38 billion. And the U.S., by the way, we are a distant third at 334 I mean, million. Distant third? Way, wow. way wow. third. I didn't realize that many people were in India. But it's up to us here with our 335 million people to solve right? the climate challenge of the world with, you know, what was that, 5 billion people between the two of them? 
I yeah. Must do the math it, well, more than that, right? have three. Yeah, okay. Well, you know, I'm not good at math. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Evidence of that. 422, wrapping up Sue's News for this Monday edition on St. Louis's home for conservative talk. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, we uh, will have an audio cut of the day before this show is wrapped up in the 5 o'clock hour. Jazz Shaw, our friend from hotair.com, will um, be here after 5. Jazz was set up, I think, for Thursday. And then um, our phone system here at Odyssey St. Louis, which is not unlike the cell service back in around 99 or 2000, did not allow his call. No, it did not. No, it did not. So we rescheduled, and then we'll kind of roll the uh, roulette wheel to see if he can call in. You'd think it'd be like the simple things that that would work here at radio station. You'd be wrong, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) In fact, it's it's not even a certainty that Tom Hain, Madison County State's attorney, is with me right now. See, testing, testing. Tom, are you there? Good afternoon. (laughs) Hello, I think I'm here, Mark. I think I'm here. Happy New Year. How are you? I'm all right. How about you? Happy New Year. Pretty good. And I guess, you know, it's a good time to catch up on the Safety Act. We talked about it quite a bit toward the end of last year. And at least for now, some of this is on hold, right? Yes, it it was a very interesting uh, and wild December, I'll tell you. So at the beginning of December, you know, we were gearing up uh, for implementation of um, the most complicated portion of the safety act, which is the elimination of cash bail and the move towards a detention system. You and I had talked about that and the problems with that. Um, we were gearing up for that. And then there was a major amendment that passed to the safety act um, that changed many of the rules just with less than a month to go before implementation. They didn't change the implementation date though. Of course, that would make too much sense. <laughs> <laughs> right. Why would you do that? Yes. And, and then in the midst of that, whole uh, issue. Um, Many of the amendments were, I believe, in response to the concerns that the uh, state's attorneys raised, although I don't know if um, the the folks who passed the amendment would admit that. But uh, far be it for me to speak ill of something that was in some ways good. So uh, the amendment passed, and then um, our lawsuit continued, though, because our concerns with the elimination of cash bail um, weren't 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 modified by the amendment. They were more fundamental. And so um, on December 21st, we had oral argument, um, 64 state's attorneys together, joined together. And um, there were two state attorneys, Jim Rowe uh, was one of them, and Jim Glasgow was another one from Kankakee and one from Will County. They argued it on behalf of the whole group. And on December 28th in the evening, just three days before uh, cash bail was set to be eliminated uh, statewide, 
the judge ruled that that portion of the Safety Act was unconstitutional. And then even more interesting, over the next two days, there was a whole back and forth among um, many different counties, the attorney general, the governor, uh, trying to determine whether or not this meant that the counties, only the counties that sued would have to um, you know, stay the implementation, implementation of the Safety Act. And then finally, the Supreme Court, thank goodness, stepped in literally at the 11th hour and stayed the, um, the elimination of cash bail for the entire state. Um, which avoided a very problematic scenario where you had some counties uh, with cash bail and some counties with an entirely new system. In, in you know, you could have uh, situations where the same city had one part of the city would have cash bail and another part would. So the Supreme Court stepped in and stayed the whole law at the 11th hour, uh, the whole, that whole portion of it. And now here we are. Uh, the Supreme Court should be ruling. Um, the briefing schedule will happen over the next month or two, and then the Supreme Court will have oral arguments in March. And in the meantime, we uh, still have monetary bail in Illinois, despite uh, everyone's best efforts. So that to yeah, so that's going to be on hold for a few months while the courts sort of sort that out. But I want you to kind of circle back to cash bail. What the reality of you know eliminating cash bail would mean for someone like you and your office, and for police officers? Yeah, I think it would create a revolving door. That's the main issue. Um, and, and, and it would eliminate judges' discretion. So I think bail is often misunderstood. And it's important for folks to you know, understand historically the role that, that monetary incentives have in the bail system. It's fundamentally a judicial act. So when I charge a crime, when my office charges a crime, um, then it's up to the judges to determine and to encourage and, and to ensure that in the pendency of the crime, Prior to conviction, you know, the person's presumed innocent. How do you balance the various interests at play? The person is presumed innocent. The defendant is presumed innocent. But you have victims of the crime. You have to encourage this person to show back up to court. Maybe they have a history of fleeing. Maybe they have repeated crimes. Maybe they're a danger to the public. And so historically, the tool that judges have used to balance those various interests, which every case is different, has been monetary bail, which basically means requiring that defendants – uh, put up a certain amount of money in order to be released from jail prior to their um, prior to their trial. Now it could be a completely high, it could be a very high amount, or it could be a very low amount, or in some cases it could be nothing. But it's up to the judge. The judge would be the one who determines um, what balance of rights apply in that situation, and will be able to determine what amount of money would encourage this person to actually show back up to court and face justice, or would encourage this person not to violate the conditions of bond that um, that are being set out. And so it's fundamentally a judicial function. And so what, what our concerns were and the police's concerns were about eliminating this tool from the toolbox is there's nothing to replace it. You know, how, how do you encourage someone who has been charged with a crime and maybe has repeated crimes from not going back and reoffending? In, in, during during uh, uh, the portion of time where you're prosecuting it, how do you encourage somebody to actually show back up to court? Um, monetary bail plays a role in that, and so when you remove that tool from judges' toolbox, you really get the system of arrest, cite, release. 
arrest, cite, release. And well, that's, and that's what, I mean, yeah, we're told by police officers that, you know, obviously they're arresting some of the same people here in the city of St. Louis with some of these offenses all the time. Tom Hain, Madison County State's attorney, is with us. So when the court looks at this, Tom, just so I'm clear and the audience is clear, are they just basically ruling, okay, the elimination of cash bail is accepted or it's not accepted, or is there a middle ground that they can weigh in on or not? At this point, there's no real middle ground on the constitutional question. The fundamental constitutional question before the court is whether or not judges have a sort of constitutionally provided right to have this tool. Um, That's the first part. Do judges in our Constitution have the constitutionally protected ability to require monetary bail in certain situations. And the judge in Kankakee County ruled, Judge Cunnington, ruled that they do, that that's clearly a provision of our Constitution that um, bail upon sufficient sureties, which is a monetary term, is part of our constitutional structure. And so judges have that right. Now, it also talks about victims' rights because that's another. The rights of victims are getting lost in this conversation, and the rights of victims are why I went into this job, why why we do what we do every day here in the state attorney's office. Um, the victims portion, the victims' rights portion of our Illinois Constitution, clearly talks about how victims must be considered when a court sets the amount of bail. They use those words, the amount of bail. Well. You can't have an amount of bail if you don't have any monetary bail <laughs> at all. That's right. Yeah, that's interesting. So it's a very clear constitutional provision that I don't. You know, it's a diff, it's a, it's a very difficult uh, argument to overcome. And so, now if the, if the victims have the right to have the amount of bail set, then then the monetary bail is a fundamental p- part of our Illinois Constitution. Now there is a way to change our Illinois Constitution. It just requires a ballot. It just requires a vote by the people of Illinois, and they, you know, they don't want to go through that process, apparently. So um, the judge will basically rule whether or not they can eliminate monetary bail completely from Illinois or not. Now, if they cannot eliminate it, then judges will have that right, and, there's, and, uh, and it's up to the judge in each individual case to determine it, and, and that's basically our status quo system. All right, so when you – I'm going to go back to what happened last month because obviously it wasn't just the um... – the elimination of cash bail that you and other states attorneys were concerned about across the state of Illinois. So did they fix enough of your other concerns or not when you talk about the amendment and the changes that might have been made last month? Many of the concerns were um, were uh, made less acute. So, for example, many of the detainable or so-called non-detainable offenses were expanded, you know, after. Yeah. Claiming- yeah. We talked about that. Right. Claiming for many, many months that there was no such thing as a non-detainable offense, the amendment, lo and behold, uh, expanded the list of detainable offenses to include many of the ones that we had been pointing out. So, you know, such as you know, second-degree murder is a good one, aggravated assault. Um, so these are arson, uh, kidnapping. Those were the ones that we were pointing out over a period of months. Now those are uh, included in the amendment. So that's. A positive uh, development um, and willful flight has been expanded to uh, to be a little bit more reasonable. The standard for proving willful flight, you know, again after months of claiming that our concerns over the uh, Safety X um, way of describing willful flight were political grandstanding or 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 uh, you know made up out of thin air. Lo and behold, the amendment changes and expands the willful flight standard. So that's positive. Um, so there are some positive aspects, but the fundamental reality remains, and that is, if you can't 
do this constitutionally, you know, the Constitution are the rights of the citizens of Illinois. It's 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 there in black and white. And so, you know, all of these uh, negotiations back and forth regarding the amendment, you know, there's there's a positive side to it. But the fundamental reality remains, if it's unconstitutional, you can't do any of these various options. And so um, we have to wait and see what the Supreme Court will ultimately rule on that question. And then it is a positive thing, though, that now upon ruling, we will be implementing what is the amended version as opposed to the version that you and I were talking about. Right, right, right. right. Yeah, that's good. All right. Well, keep us posted. Obviously, you're not going to know anything on the uh, cashless bail for a little bit, but I appreciate the update. Tom Hain, Madison County, Illinois, state's attorney on the Safety Act. Some victories, small victories, maybe some bigger ones down the line. I appreciate it. Thank you, Tom. You got it, Mark. Thank All right. you. I want to, before I get to the break, Matt Pauly's coming in for Frank Cusimano. Frank's uh, mother passed away a week ago, and they have the visitation. We spoke about that on Friday. I just want to spend a little time here on Biden visiting the southern border finally. Already? Uh, well, you know, exactly. It took him a while. Didn't Here's Dan Patrick, who's the lieutenant governor of um, Texas, talking about the differences between the last two presidents. When Trump came to the border, and I spent a couple of visits with him down the border, the trip was different. I mean, he came. Uh, spent a lot of time. I remember in McAllen going right up to the river's edge with the president. Uh, I remember having a roundtable meeting that went for an hour, an hour and a half with, with people who lived on the border, with law enforcement, with local officials. The president really wanted to learn. Donald Trump really wanted to learn what was going on and fix it. This president really doesn't want to know what's going on. He didn't see any illegal immigrants. They cleaned up and sanitized El Paso before he got there. This was just a another tour stop in El Paso, like Kamala Harris took. You'll remember that's where she went, away from the action. Not that a lot of people haven't been crossing there, but, you know, they kind of cleaned up everything for him, sanitized it for his visit. All right, so let's talk about that a little bit, because Fox has been putting up this compare and contrast, and in one picture you have these even shops, downtown El Paso, and sidewalks just covered with um, undocumented citizens. We have to call them that, right? And then when the president came, they cleaned all that up. The streets looked fine. Everything looked like it wasn't a big deal. But it was. Here's Greg Abbott, who is the governor of Texas, saying this is what he told the president. I wanted to make clear uh, that he was receiving uh, a sanitized review of what was going on on the border. And I pleaded with him uh, to go talk to uh, the ranchers, thousands of ranchers Mm -hmm. along the border whose lives are being completely disrupted, uh, as well as talk to the families who've lost a loved one uh, because of uh, the uh, open border policies that he's had where the cartels have killed uh, their family members either through fentanyl uh, or through other means. This is always amazing to me that that politicians in particular, elected officials, they should be seeking out the people that are affected by this most and asking questions. But it's just a photo op is what it is. Now, Greg Abbott says he confronted um, Secretary Mayorkas. Uh, And I said, listen, you all have the authority uh, to stop this illegal immigration and stop people from crossing the border between ports of entry. And I expect you to fulfill that. Uh, And uh, he said that he, he would look into it. Uh, but but also know this, and, and that is the only reason why we have these people coming across the border like we do is because both the Homeland Security Secretary and the President are not in, enforcing current laws. They, they claim that Republicans need to work with them. I have outlined exactly what they need to do uh, as a starting point uh, to begin to secure the border. And so any suggestion by either Secretary Mayorkas or the president that Republicans are not working with them is just flat out false. I've given them tangible ideas where they can secure the border uh, and take care of the safety of the United States of America. Now, 
the ball is in their court. Yeah, look, we're lucky here in St. Louis because they're not dumping, you know, buses full of migrants in, in our backyard. We've got enough problems with homeless people downtown. But you're talking about 1.7 million people who have crossed the border in the period from October of 21 to October 22. And it's not slowing down, let's face it. Typically on a Monday afternoon, we visit with Frank Cusimano from KSDK. His mom died. Legendary yeah. mom, too. Frank uh, spoke of his mom glowingly, obviously, on Friday. But the visitation is this afternoon. We wish he and his family the best. But his mom was really something else. She was 93 and worked at Kimmel's till she was 89. Yeah. And her just her background. Unbelievable. Really is. So he'll be back Friday afternoon. Matt Pauly from the Camo X side of the building is with us, pinch hitting this afternoon. Mr. Pauly, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Let's um let's just talk first of all about the the, the national championship game tonight because in I, I was unaware that it was an early start, which I think is a good thing because sometimes these things don't start till closer to eight o'clock and then the people on the East Coast in particular, it's like one in the morning. But this game kicks off at six thirty tonight. A little after that, right? Yeah. I don't know. As I've gotten older and older, and I'm not that old, I'm forty. As I've gotten older and older, I've wanted games to start earlier <laughs> Me and <too>. earlier. <laughs> Me too, yeah. dude. Like, <laughs> yeah, because look, even for look, yeah, six thirty start this might not be final till about 10 30 it could take four hours yeah i think not a lot of people talk about this but i think one of the problems that college football has is how long the games go and part of the problem is this the clock stops on every first down right, right. that doesn't happen in the nfl the nfl is so good at fitting those games into those tight three-hour windows and most college football games are going three and a half to four hours especially and, in the bowl games. Well, i didn't yeah. realize that you yeah. guys that's why yeah that, that's part of it. So, oh, and dark. then you add in the bowl games, the national championship game, the longer commercial breaks. Right. Another thing people don't realize is what network your games are on determine how long the commercial breaks are. What? So it's not standard across college football. If um, you are on CBS Sports Network, your commercial links are one time, or if you're going on ESPN, your commercial links are a different Chewy. amount of time. Well, you like the... Um you like the underdog tonight? <sighs> Who's the it's underdog, you guys? TCU. Yeah, George was, what, 12-and-a-half-point favorite? Yeah, That's right. the last I saw. I want, I'm rooting for TCU. I'm a Big 12 guy. I went to Kansas State. Mm. Uh, so I really want TCU to win. I just don't see how they beat Georgia. It would be nice to have a competitive game, yeah. though, wouldn't it? Just because you always hope for that in the national championship game. And here's why I think you, you certainly can, and maybe we saw some of this on display uh, last weekend, Matt. The one thing that annoys me about the the college football championship, and I am glad that we have a true championship, and I guess it's going to be expanded, is when those two teams, or four teams, I'm sorry, when those four teams played a week ago, they had not played on a uh, field competitively against another team in 35 days. Oh, that's too long. 35 days. Well, that's what happens with the bowl season. And if you're in the big bowls, like if you're in the Rose Bowl or a New Year's Day Bowl, or if you're in the championship bracket, that's what happens. Hmm. And it is going to get better now with the 12-team playoff because they're going to start those games a little, little bit earlier. earlier. Uh, that's good. That's always been part of the problem with the Bulls. I, when we're talking about the other bowl games, I don't care how long it's been. You know, those the, those games are for the student athletes to get the experience. Those games True. are for the no, fan bases to go to cool cities. But with the games that matter, it's it is not good that it's been so long since you've played a game. Demar Hamlin out of the hospital. The yeah. doctor's singing his praises today. That is great news. You had this. Um, look, I, I'm I'm an NFL guy. I'm a football guy. You and I, Matt, just came from Milwaukee, so I'm painful about the Packers last night, although Detroit's good, so I knew that that was going to be a tough game. But I guess it's a compromise, and we all have to compromise because I think that this neutral game site, AFC Championship game, 
possibility. It's not, you know, it's not sealed. It depends who gets there is a little nonsense. But on the other hand, the Chiefs get the number one seed and you have to move on. Yeah, I I think the NFL overthought this a little bit. The rule, they change, I hate changing rules on the run. That's what they did. And that's why the Bengals are pissed. Right. The rules were in place that if for some reason you can't play a game, it goes down as a no contest, you go by winning percentage. So if you do, nobody's getting upset about that. Nobody. That's this, all they had to do. Yeah. That's all they had to do. The, these are the rules. This is how it's been. We're going to go with this. Everybody would have been fine with it. They would have, especially in this situation, because everybody understands why that game was canceled. Uh, the Bengals would have been in favor of it. It's, I don't, I, I cannot even start to fathom why somebody said, you know what? We got to change this. Well, mm. because it was all the virtue signaling in the aftermath of what happened. Let's be honest. I mean, mm. it, that's what happened. And I'm look, it, it was a terrible thing because we all saw we all thought we saw someone die on the field. So it's great that the guy is out of the hospital. But I think at this point, you move on, you focus on the playoffs. One of the questions that was asked the doctor's address is, you think he plays again? I wouldn't even know where to start to answer that question because I don't know how much damage has been done well, to his body. Well, that's what the doctors, because they don't have yeah. anything that's definitive, I think that's part. I mean, a kid like that is going to want to play, but obviously... Um, there's going to be health concerns. All right, Seahawks at 49ers. you got to like the 49ers in Got to. Got to like the Niners. Look, dude, this Chargers-Jaguars game is going to be outstanding, and I have money on the Chargers at a re- <laughs> at well, plus 4,500. But the Jaguars are hot right now, aren't they? Yeah, that's – I I have this big belief that if I am a bad team in any sport, I don't want to reinvent the wheel when I'm hiring people. I want to bring in somebody who's just steady – and the Jaguars are a perfect case study in that over the last two years because they brought in Urban Meyer, and it was the biggest disaster it could yeah, be. Big fail. And then they brought in Doug Peterson, who's been there, done that. And what happens? They happen to play in this horrible division. They get better and better as the season goes along. And lo and behold, they beat the Titans, and they win the division. Dolphins at Bills. I think the Bills uh, heavy favorites yep. in that one. I, the Dolphins should not have even won yesterday, probably. No kidding, and yeah. they ruined my Steelers' chances. I was rooting yeah. for the Steelers. I know, I was, too. And the Steelers... Looked pretty good. They won that game, and yes, the Pickens to the Pickens, to Pickens connection is pretty impressive. Right? I always like the teams that are hot late, and yes. uh, you know. So what, I think Steelers had won four in a row and six of seven or something it's, like that. Yes, they were six and one after whatever date, and yeah. they were really on a roll. Yeah, I would have liked to see the Steelers get in. Uh, Giants at Vikings. Um, I guess the Vikings, although the I Vikings the are Vikings. the worst good team by record, maybe in the history of the NFL. <laughs> they they might get picked off there. There was a close game. They just played the Giants a couple weeks ago. The Ravens at the Bengals. I always hate games like this because the Ravens. And the Bengals just played each other yep. yesterday, and now they have to play again. And this is unique too. I kind of like this just because I'm an NFL fan. You got a game Monday night: the Cowboys at the Buccaneers. I love the Monday night game on the first weekend of the playoffs. It's fantastic. I don't like to uh, applaud the NFL for anything, but they got this one right when they added the playoff the playoff teams and added uh, another game on Monday night. And uh, the Cowboys should win that game, but anybody who's watched the Cowboys know they, for whatever reason just lay eggs in the playoffs and then you got the Tom Brady thing going on. I I think that I have no clue how to evaluate that game. The Cowboys should win it, but Lord knows Tom Brady could turn into Tom Brady from 10 years ago. I'm going Bucks. I laughed that the the Cowboys got beaten soundly yesterday and I would I would even though I don't have a Tom Brady issue. I really I don't hate the guy. I think and for everyone that's you know ripping on him, oh Tom Brady better give it up He's in the flipping playoffs yeah. and very, very yes. well easily could be in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Why are we trying to, like, put our standards on somebody? Let him play as long as he wants to play. Yeah, yes. I'm with you on that. Quick blues update. Um, injury riddled. 
split over the weekend. They got a couple of home games against Calgary. Yeah, so they Calgary. Win, they win three of four on their road trip. They win yesterday against Minnesota three nothing. Grice pitches the uh, shutout. Uh, so the thing that I'm watching right now with them is because when you have injuries like they have where you lose players, key players for a long time, you have a bump sometimes. Like everybody else kind of lifts their game. Sure. But a lot of times that starts to fall back. Can this current group play at this level that they've played at for the last week, or is it going to dissipate down to where they've been at before? The answer to that question probably determines whether or not this team is a playoff team. And then what's what's your long-term prognosis here for like O'Reilly and Tarasenko and whether they'll be on this team? Uh, it's going to be tough to trade them because of their injuries, Ooh, and they're going to be out for a while. Uh, I don't think they're on the team next year. I'm, I'm very sure of that on Tarasenko. He's he's going to want out. Uh, they would have been, you know, key trade pieces, but they're injured and they're injured for a long time. So that just really impacts their value. Hey, I got to talk about Mizzou because yeah. even though that was a close game on Saturday, they beat Vanderbilt. It's an it's an SEC game. You're at home. You want to take care of business. You come out of the gates and you're just blowing them out again, and you look really good, and then they let them get back into it. But they got a victory, and and I don't think Vanderbilt's as bad as they have been in the past. Jerry Stackhouse is the coach. Yeah, they're okay. Right. So you you got the win. It wasn't as impressive as maybe it should be against a team like that. They don't really lose their place in the national rankings because even though they lost to Arkansas, they won that game at home. But it doesn't get any easier in the SEC, does it? It's a really tough league. It it's is. a really tough league, and there's very few off nights. But they stay right at number twenty in the AP. They move up one spot to number 20 in the coaches' poll. So they go one and one last week, and they move up a spot in the coaches' poll. So I don't think nothing that they did last week was a bad thing. You know you know this map spent time at my former station, WTMJ, and my wife is a Whitefish Bay, Wisconsin native. So we, we followed, and I was up there when Dwayne Wade was with Marquette, mm-hmm. and Coach Crean was there. Got to know Coach Crean, love him. Um, so kind of a Marquette fan, too. A lot of parallels between Mizzou and Marquette. They were both picked to finish la- you know, third to last or fourth to last in the conference, and they're both maybe overachieving. It's Shaka, Shaka Smart is up there at Marquette right now. Yeah, right? I like Shaka. People remember him, obviously, from his VCU days, and then he went to Texas and didn't do a whole lot there, but now he's doing a nice job at Marquette. I think the difference being is Shaka is you know what you get with him. He's been around for a while, where Dennis Gates has never coached at this level before. He's coming from Cleveland State, mid major. Yeah, it's really it's a lot of fun. It's a credit to to Dennis Gates and what he's been able to do. Well, and you don't really have this perspective, Matt. I know you've you know followed along because you're a St. Louis guy from from afar, and you mentioned K State. But one of the the worst things about all this with Mizzou basketball has just been seeing that stadium empty. Yeah. Nobody in the seats. Now they've sold out four games. The Alabama game sold out. Probably a couple more. Just to see people in the seats rooting on this basketball team is awesome. It really is. K-State's number 11, by the way. I know. They're pretty good. They are pretty you had to throw that in there. Matt Pauly, great to see you. Thank, <laughs> you. Thank you for pinch hitting this you afternoon. Right. All right, we'll see you. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.